Hello, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. Many of you know we started this podcast a little over a year ago to highlight local stories of faith and sports. In today's episode, I'm extremely excited to be joined by David Fraga. David is a speaker, an FCA leader. He's also a private real estate business, a passion for men's ministry um, in the Dallas area. He's a strong man of God, active in his local church currently resides here in Dallas, Texas. I cannot wait for you to hear from David, so let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, David. Absolutely. Glad to be here. You bet. So I think it'd be good to start with a little bit about your background. I know there'll be listeners that aren't familiar with who you are, so if you could just tell a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, your family, and even what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'm from East Texas, from Tyler, Texas, you know, uh, so it's you know, east from here in Dallas, and uh, I came here originally to D- to Dallas to play soccer at DBU. So, growing up, I actually went to a private school, high school over at Grace Community, uh, and played soccer, football, other sports. But got recruited to play soccer, so decided to actually go over and you know commit to that school. And man, it's been an amazing journey since then. I'm actually about to graduate this December with my master's and my undergrad business entrepreneurship, uh, business administration for my master's. And coming out of there, my life has been so different. But a little bit about my family. I am uh, a family of five. So there's three of us kids, right? Two parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, I have an older brother, older sister, and myself. I'm 23. So I'm the youngest in my family. And, you know, my parents, they came from Mexico, so I'm first generation here, I guess you could say. I'm born and raised, yeah. But that's a little bit about my story. Um, And looking forward to what the Lord has next. And what I'm doing right now is a lot of discipleship. I believe there's such a big need, especially uh, how they so many researchers and pastors and people say that this is like a fatherless generation. Mm. And it's something that has been burdening me, uh, especially a year, literally it's been a year ago. So last November, uh, I knew the Lord was like placing something heavy on my heart. I just didn't know what it was. And he like revealed something to me, which was, I'm going to call you into young adult men's ministry disciple. Wow. And that is something that was so clear, but I was like, okay, cool. So when's that going to happen? Kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he's like, you got to continue walking in obedience with me, go deeper with me kind of deal. Um, and so recently the season I'm kind of coming out of is a season of confrontation, just kind of addressing so many issues and things and feelings of abandonment from my past um, of just athletics and friends and family members and things like that, that I used to have a bitterness for. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's kind of uh, amazing how the Lord will start to work in you because it's honestly, it's painful, like to actually not just deal with things, but to grow through them. And it's such a good thing because it put me in a really uncomfortable place. But because of that, I was able to mature spiritually in such a way that I'm able to go deeper in his presence. And so uh, that's one of the biggest things the Lord's been showing me is like, I need to, I need to dig a deep, deep well in you so that I can take people uh, so that you can help, so you can be a vessel to take people deeper in my presence wow. and deeper of who I am. And that young adult discipleship so, among men, right. I'm just thinking, you know, here in the Dallas area that is full of young professionals. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a huge opportunity and need. Yeah, That's for sure. Awesome. 
So you I, you mentioned you played soccer in college. Did you play other sports growing up? Growing up, I played football, ran track. I actually played hockey for a year. Really? That was in fun. East Texas? East Texas. They used to have a, a hockey, uh, you know, a little hockey rink. And, really? Uh, it's the not there thing? anymore, but it used to be there. Played hockey, played tennis, did swimming. Man, I did a lot of sports growing up. Um, but the ones I stuck with was really soccer, football, and track. Um, that was a good time, honestly. Yeah, so how'd you end up at Dallas Baptist University? Um, a big part of that story comes about, I think it's it's so unique and it's such, you know, God has head upon that. But I, my junior year, decided to actually play college sports. I was like, I want to play college sports. Um, I want to be able to be an influential leader kind of in, in a way. But I also want to give it a shot to say I did it at least and go somewhere with that. Um, you know, because of course, every, almost every kid's dream is like, oh, I want to be a professional oh, yeah. soccer player, basketball player, but you know, and yeah, that was my dream, but I just never knew that was a, could be realistic, but I was like, I'll give it a shot, give it a try. College soccer is what I know. Let's do it. Uh, reached out to many coaches. Um, like I said, I came from a small private school, so they don't really look at a lot of pri- small private schools, man. And uh, like I graduated with 80 kids. Oh, like, wow. My class was 80 and uh 80 guys and girls, and so small, but I was like one of the top players in the area. Mm. So that's what really helped me a lot. And uh, so this coach at DBU, who was a new coach, the program had just relaunched. They had a program for a long time. They killed it for 10 years, and they brought it back in 2012. Okay. So the program was only a year old by the time the coach reached out to me. Um, and so in 2013, I, I was like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to this team. Uh, will you have me? He said no. He rejected me, actually. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. Um, I got other offers kind of deal. No big deal. But for some reason, I knew, like, DB was so attractive to me, even without soccer. So I was like, well, I'm going to apply, get scholarship, get what I can. And I everything checked out kind of deal. And I was still, like, on the fence between a school in Kansas and here and then going to West Point even. That oh, was wow. one of the schools I was on the list there and what ended up happening is uh, the coach at DB was like hey come out to this residential camp it's a three day camp we go out three times a day practice in July so it's like hot as mess yeah you're practicing three times a day for the next three days and there's two they're two hour like sessions you know oh, wow. so you're just like you're grinding um, but I had just gotten back the day before from a two month backpacking trip from Europe and with my sister uh, she studied abroad that year, so I went to go visit her, and we, you know, went around Europe a little bit. And I had not like played or ran or, you know, not done a lot. Honestly, I actually lost a lot of weight right before then, um, just because you walk so much. Right. Uh, but ended up happening was went over there uh, to the camp. I actually had a really good camp and was really surprised myself and the coach. Calls me two weeks later. He's like, I don't think we can use you. Two days later, he calls me back. He's like, hey, do you still want a spot? Hmm. And I was like, okay. I what feel changed like, in two days? Yeah, right? like what changed in two days? And I was like, uh, yeah. And by that point, that was about a week before August. So um, it was a week before like their, their two days. And I had already committed to go to DBU for at least a semester. I was, my parents were like, hey, we'll just pay the tuition for one semester, see what happens. And... I went there for camp and uh, for two days and 
the rest is kind of history. But that itself was such a journey because I almost quit two years in because I was um, feeling almost neglected a lot of times. And uh, I actually played lacrosse for a year at DBU the first time they had a program. Um, and that was a fun time. But all that to say, the Lord really was doing a work in my heart that I had no idea hmm. about. So so sticking with sports for a moment, uh, yeah. what would you say is your greatest memory or accomplishment? I'll say my greatest memory or accomplishment. Um, I would say the culture that the Lord allowed me to use at DBU is my greatest memory. Um, hmm. I wasn't the star player. I tried to be my first year or two, but man, when you're going into a high level of sports, like everyone's really good. And you have to come to that realization that you're a team and not just an individual star. Mm. Like you're not the hero of the story. Right. Like what you can do is be a guide to help guide people and be like, hey, let's be as a whole the best version of ourselves. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, mentalities that we're missing. A lot of people come in with entitlement. But for me, that was something that I had to realize, overcome, and grow through instead of being stuck in it and sitting on that, right? So that was my greatest, uh, I guess, accomplishment to actually create a culture at the DBU men's soccer team where it's like excellence is far beyond, you know, the scoreboard. Mm. You know, it's about being a man after your word. It's about having character, those things. Wow. So, um, and then the other question was, uh, what was your... No, it was, what's the greatest <laughs> maybe disappointment or challenge? I think the greatest challenge uh, was, in fact, sticking with it. Mm. Uh, how often do we go through, like, where we see a storm, we're like, okay, we can take that on, but in the midst of it, it's like, where does, where does your faith go? You know, um, And I would say probably my sophomore year of college, at that point, I had walked away from the church in my life. Um, I was not getting discipled, mentored, very depressed state, uh, gotten out of just kind of a relationship at that point where it was very confusing, was kind of doing whatever I felt like I wanted to do, um, and just whatever could numb my pain. Mm. And because I was broken and hurting inside, and... That was my biggest challenge to actually, you know, lower my walls and say, like, my pride isn't worth it because I got nothing going, you know, in the sense of I'm so broken inside. So that was my biggest challenge for sure. And when the first time we met a month or so ago, you talked about that a lot of student athletes struggle with identity. Yes, absolutely. Um, so talk about that. Yeah. You know, especially at the college level. For um, sure. And, you know, and I know you mentioned some challenges you had your sophomore year. Yeah. You know, and you try to fill that struggle with other things. Absolutely. You know, walking away from faith or whatever. So talk about yeah. that for a moment. So <clears throat> I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, a Christian uh, school, and I still continue to go to Christian school and church and everything, right? So it was a quarter three strands, right? All that to say... Even with all that, I still had the decision to like, okay, where am I putting my identity, my hope, my trust, everything in? And what ended up happening is I had a dualistic mindset. Hmm. What that means is I separated God from what I wanted to do. So it's like categorizing God, you know, Hmm. it's like saying, hey, soccer right here, this is mine, this is what I can control. I am the captain of my own ship here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the things that I need you, Lord, like... 
I need you in my family and protect us, no accidents, things like that, right? Or uh, I want this business to prosper. Mm-hmm. So like more of a prosperity gospel than a provision gospel, right? And the fact is that that was such a messed up mentality that started shifting, especially when you started seeing success. So um, having success in my life in the terms of uh, where my identity was in, that was my out. Soccer was my out. Like to get out of, um, you know, Tyler, to get out of um, just kind of like this world where I felt bullied or not valued, it was my out. Why? Because they wanted me there. Mm. I was wanted there. I have worth there. People may not see me here with that. But the thing is, when those tendencies start to come in at DBU, where I did, I was feeling neglected and I was being neglected actually and rejected and things like that, you're like, okay, they don't want me here. On to the next place. Move on. Break that relationship off. Burn that bridge. And that is not a very good uh, kingdom men mentality. That, in fact, is what leads to a lot of divorces along the line later and um, a lot of broken relationships, a lot of hurt, and a lot of like alcoholism, a lot of people turning to things like drugs, things like that, and which is what I did. Um, but I didn't realize that. I didn't know. Um, I stepped into that, and that's the thing about sin. It doesn't make itself known. It creeps into your life, you know, many times, right? So... Um, that's where I was with identity. My identity was in something I can control. And the, the uncontrollables was something that I just could not deal with, right? But uh, identity is so important because when you do put your identity in something that's solid, a cornerstone, right? God's word and, and the word, right? Who is Jesus. You know, the word became flesh in John. It talks about that. And it's so cool because that is literally... What cuts through any lie or cuts through anything that you may be going through in your life? It says like in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God, right? And it says the only offensive, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, but like the only offensive weapon is a sword, which is a sword of truth. Truth is God, right? Mm. So like that's what cuts through anything that goes on in your life. And that is why it's saying uh, when Paul was talking about the inner battle, like um, he went through a lot, that guy Paul, but... He talks about, like, I can rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. And not just that, but count it pure joy, brothers and sisters. And so every time I read that, like, okay, this dude does not know what he's talking about. But then I started to realize walking through the journey that I was walking through that my identity is in Christ. And because of that, yeah, soccer is great and all, but it's only lasts for this long in my life, just yeah. for such a short time. Very short, yeah. And I want to leave something that lasts longer, which is a legacy. Mm-hmm. So if my identity is in Christ, that is what it will sustain for generations to come. Because the decisions you and I make today affect generations. Like, that's insane to think about. It really does. And that's what I mean about being a father in a fatherless generation doesn't mean it starts when you have kids. It doesn't mean when you start when you're like 30 or 40 or whatever your age is, but it means it starts as soon as you make that decision to follow Christ. That's when it starts Mm. to be a king man. So what happened um, when you were going through that struggle in your life? What happened that the light bulb came on? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you hit rock bottom or, I mean, usually... Coming out of something like that, there's something that right. God used to, to bring you back. Yeah. So um, I don't have like a, oh my goodness, right. died, came back to life kind of thing. Like, 
you know, and you don't have to. And I exactly. feel like I feel like that's where a lot of people are like, oh, my testimony's all right, but uh, yeah, no, I'll but have the dramatic story, right? Exactly. But that's the whole point about being a vessel because you don't know what the Lord's going to use you to speak to someone else. That's right. And we it can touch their life in such a way that will change the whole trajectory of their lives, which is what happened to me. So that's why I'm a big believer of just sharing what the Lord is doing constantly because it's by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimonies. That's right. And not or, but and, right? And so for me, it was uh, sophomore year. I was, um, I actually had gotten involved with a lot of alcohol, parties, things like that. Things that were just really uh, diverting me from uh, who I was. I didn't even care about a lot of things. My grades were going down. I would try to study focus on things. I would get distracted with, you know, girls and, and just so many different things that, I mean, I don't regret because the Lord showed me so much about what was in my heart truly then. But what did happen is I had a friend, he's actually my roommate now. I never thought I'd live with this guy after college, but he actually had gone through after a year of soccer he had cancer. Mm. He was diagnosed with uh, cancer in his lymph nodes mm. and I mean, it was something that this guy was a stud. He was scoring goals. He was one of the top recruits at DBU. He he was such a smart and nice guy. Like, you're like, how could that happen to him and not a guy like someone else, like a messed up guy like me, you know? And it just came to show, like, the way he was being steadfast and how he grew. And, yes, he told us about some dark times, but... I mean, he, he invited me to an FCA, so Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was, I mean, I've never heard of it till then, um, until then, but he invited me to that, and I remember just going there like, I don't really want to, just want to do my own thing, um, but sure, why not? And at that point, um, it wasn't the, what the speaker said, but it was entering the presence of God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying like, David, I want you just as you are. And at that point, like I had um, hit rock bottom in my soccer career, quote unquote, but not in my life per se. Um, So many great things and blessings, but I was seeing things like, oh, I can't control what's going on in my life right now. So everything sucks. That was my mentality. And um, the Lord was like, no, I'm using this for a reason. And he spoke to me so clear. He's like, no matter what you do from this day forward, you will share your testimony every day, which I have. And on top of that, you will leave a legacy here at this school hmm. that people will have changed lives. And I was like, okay, really? Um, at that point, I'm not a very much of a speaker. I hate speaking in front of crowds and uh, just talking out loud, you know, to people and encouraging them. I love to encourage people who I know, but people who I don't know, it's like really hard for me to at that time. And the Lord was like starting to grow me through a lot of things. And it's, it's been an amazing journey, but, uh, all that to say that was my rock bottom quote unquote, where I just was like, who am I? Mm. I, I was honestly at that point, I was like, who am I? And it came to realize it was a song is like, I am who you, who you say I am, you know? Uh, I think it's a hill song. Yeah, um, I know. I know what you're talking hill about. Hill song, song. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You know, and then it, that song is like, "I will build my life," you know, upon your love. And I mean, those songs, um, man, those things hit me in such a way, which is a reason why I try to support local artists as well. So. That's cool, and so it's funny you mentioned um, at that time you had a. 
You didn't like to speak in front of people. <laughs> um, one of the next questions I had on here was, you're, you're a speaker now. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. <laughs> you travel around and do some speaking. So what is there like a central message that you speak on wherever you go out and speak or does it just depend on the audience or where you are i mean i know you're involved in men's yeah. ministry at your church and so that that is some speaking but also right i mean right. You, you also do travel running you speak at fca and stuff like that so yeah yeah so the, the central message that i message that i speak upon is the first thing is identity hmm. um, that is uh, identity i say slash self-worth uh countless guys who I disciple, mentor, talk to, and just do life with, the number one thing that uh, they always say is like, uh, if they're in a relationship, like, oh, I, I hope I'm worth it to them kind of mm. deal. Or I hope like, like I, they could find someone better, but like me, like, I don't know if I'm worth it, but I tr- yeah. I'm trying my best kind of deal. And that is something that's like, man, let's put pause. Let's talk about your identity at that moment, like right then and there. Why? Because we have to address that. And so I encourage them. I say, hey, this is where you are. You are a child of God. You're inherited to the throne. You're made an overcomer. You are called to greatness. You know, one day you will serve your wife and you'll give your life to serve her and your children will love God and you're going to nurture them and protect them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to uh, equip them to do more for God's kingdom than you can ever imagine. But it starts right now before you're even married, before you're even dating someone. It starts with who you are at the core. Is he the captain of your ship? And because of that, is, is he leading every decision that you are making? In other words, he's our filter of why. God is our filter of why. Jesus Christ, right? And because of that, every decision we make is intentional. So it's living an intentional life um, in such a way. So uh, that's the central message. That's one of them. And then the other one is uh, just about, like, what does it look like to be a man after God's own heart? Hmm. So they go hand in hand. I really do believe that 100%. uh, Just because what does it look like? One I feel like is equipping, and the other one is is a uh, foundational. Mm. Right? So that's uh, good. That's just, what I talk yeah, about, man. That's funny how God works. You know, <laughs> yeah. take somebody who didn't like to speak and oh my goodness, and, and use them. Right. So you also said something a bit ago too about we talking about uh, the music. You said it's why you like to support local artists. So right. you're involved in discipleship among young. Predominantly Christian hip hop artist. Yes. What's that look like? And how did you? <laughs> what led you to that? Get connected to that. Well, music's always been a big part of me. You know, I was earlier showing you like these AirPods, those headphones. Like I actually have like two other pair of headphones just because like, um, and then subscriptions of Spotify and things like that. Just because I love music and I love making playlists. And that was something I actually growing up. I grew up playing piano, drums, trumpet. But I chose sports because 100% of my time was to sports. It really was. I was on two to three different teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes up your time, man. And all that to say, I think it's, I think it's awesome because uh, that wasn't in my life for a few years, all that music stuff. And I actually even try to make some beats and things like that. And, I mean, who doesn't try to try their hand in music? But... Uh, what the Lord really started bringing to me is people in my church who are local, like they've studied music. They've, they know how to like engineer songs and mix and master. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. I'm going to check some stuff out. And then I would just start talking them through some things being like, Oh yeah, let's try this, try that. Um, and a lot of it is just me being there, like being a connector, that's literally what it is. And so over the past like four months, I would say five months, I've connected a couple of artists with some producers 
who I know, like, and I believe that the Lord truly brought them into my life. And, like, they're working on an EP, an album right now as well. And just, uh, and what they keep telling me is, like, David, we would have never been able to do this much without, like, you connecting us. And I'm like, man, that's such a God thing. But a big part of me is I know this generation is impacted by so much music, so much songs. And not just this generation, but all the generations ever. That's right. Music is such a big part. Even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, King David, right? Like dancing and uh, singing in the Psalms um, in the fields. He was writing the Psalms, right? And so I think it's so cool how music just, it connects us in such a spiritual way somehow. Like it, it gets us into the presence of God. It does in worship and stuff because it is being grateful and thankful. But words are important. Words are powerful. It's not sticks and stones, my big bones, but words will never hurt me. That's such a lie. Words are so powerful. And especially when they're using music, they connect you to something so much bigger. So um, that is why I, I um, that's how I got connected. Like, honestly, just to my church. But it's a divine appointment. I don't say it's an accident, you know, but it's something that I'm just trying to steward. And I don't know where it's going to go 100%, but that's okay because there's discipling in that. And I'm building great friendships, brotherhoods, and it's growing. I mean, they're just going. Like, they are encouraged because someone cares. Yeah. So it's so cool. That's awesome. And, you know, one of the things you and I talked about previously as well is through those relationships is this idea of block parties. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about that vision for for a moment of, you know, why, why a block party? Yeah, so... Uh, I believe there's so many conferences and things like that that have, you know, ama- amazing just like outreach in the sense of, you know, they get people saved and it's a movement, but is it, how is it sustained? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, yes, I want to do these block parties, something similar in certain communities, but a lot of these local artists have a heart for their community. You know, I have artists from Oak Cliff. Um, I have some people near Cap- Capel, right, right here in, uh, I have other people like in Addison and Plano, but they want to reach their community. And the cool thing is they actually understand the context of where they're coming from. Mm. So if it's someone like me trying to go to, you know, Oak Cliff, I don't know how the neighborhood is there. I only see what I see and I'm trying to speak into their lives. It just doesn't connect. Why? Because like, how do you know? Like if I try to speak into you, how you wait, like how you treat your kids or your, your wife, like. How do I, how can I, right? What I can do is encourage you with like what the scripture says, right? But the, but in other words, like someone who's from someplace can definitely speak more, like impact more in such a way. So uh, all that to say, these block parties are to reach their communities first, and then who knows what can come from them. But I want to be able to use them to connect churches to these people uh, these people be able to like connect with churches organizations and not just create a movement of yes a revival and I believe we're in the midst of one not that one is starting but we're in the midst of a revival but we're in a movement of discipleship so something that sustains right so that is really um, a big part of the vision that I have with these blog parties with these conferences and things that I, I'm moving towards creating Man, I love. I mean, so. I, I wholeheartedly agree with the block party idea because, like you said, you know, we we have tons of conferences and they're great. They're amazing. I, yeah, I've been to a number of conferences and you leave, you know, very encouraged and very fired up. But then I come back <laughs> to Coppell and you go back to Dallas and somebody else goes back to Mississippi and Florida. You know, yeah. and then 
and you hope that we take it back. <laughs> but the idea, I like the idea of the block party being in kind of that mini conference, quote unquote, in your backyard. Yes, you know, and sustainability absolutely. is huge, and I mm-hmm. think that's something um, that. Right. We as a church, big C, need to improve on is that discipleship and sustainability. Right. So that's that's awesome. It's huge for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a couple more questions. Um, yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of student athletes and right. coaches that listen. So um, it's really no secret that right now is a it's not the easiest time to for someone to to live out their faith, especially um, in, in the schools and in that platform of athletics. So, what would you say to a student athlete or coach that to encourage them to to be bold for Christ? Yeah. So, one of the biggest things that most people talk about is being an example. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but I think there's so so much more to it. Mm. What I mean by that is um, living in such a way so when when Christ is in you and when you're living your life for Christ and especially in an environment where it may not seem like uh, acceptable, right, to, to be a Christian, um, and the fact is like that's everywhere, right, even here in the States, you know, but the way you live your life and loving your neighbor like that is so powerful for so many people. Um, I have no idea how many uh, times people would start asking me questions. They, why do you do that? Mm. Um, or like, why, why did you respond that way and not out of anger? Like I would have flipped if someone spilled a slushie all over me. That was an example uh, actually that actually happened to me three or four months ago. Uh, I was taking home one of like these student athletes. He didn't have a car or anything. He took it back to his place. We was stopped by Sonic, and his lady like spilled it all over my truck and all over me. And I was like, "Hey, no, don't worry about it." Got out of my car, cleaned it up, and he was just staring at me. He's like, "I can't believe that you did not flip, man." And I was like, "I just, there's no need to." Right? Yeah, what's the value? What's the value? Like, this girl's like working late. She's probably like coming from a rough home, doing the best she can, and it was an accident. Like. I know she didn't just like take the lid off, yeah, pour it on me. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, and I was like, you know what? It happens. Like life happens, and and to understand that, but to be able to respond in such a way, um, that's what impacted him. And he started asking me questions. How do I get to that? Mm. And I'm like, yo, let me tell you what my foundation is. It's Jesus Christ, and so it opens doors. So a lot of times we as Christians were like, yes, I want to evangelize, and I want to like reach out and dig this person. And, you know, like, get them to Jesus. Like, this is the right way. You know, like, you know, shake them and say that. But that actually is not very loving because love is what? Patient love mm-hmm. is kind. Love is, you got to remember those things, what love is. And that God is the definition of love. Mm-hmm. So if we're able to love the way Christ loves us because he first loved us, my goodness, that is the way you live your life in such a way. And that looks like being accepting of everyone, too. Like saying, hey, hey, dude. Oh, Bro, I'm having pizza at my house tonight. I know you don't really hang out with me or these guys, but come on over. It's literally seeing it through a lens that every single guy is a brother in Christ with me or could one day be. And every single you know girl is my sister in Christ. And seeing relationships in such a way is so hard. But that's the way I started to understand. Man, I don't care where you come from, what color you are, or what you've done. Just come as you are. Why? Because that's the same way that Christ said to me. 
And he's like, hey, just as messy and messed up as you are, I want you. That's crazy to be wanted like that. And so for me, like that's uh, that's the biggest thing I can encourage a, a student athlete or a coach. Like, man, try to pour into people in such a way where it's not like um, exhausting, but it's so loving. And it's being like, I genuinely want to get to know you because I know that you can be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not the star athlete or anything like that, you can still make an impact. I wasn't a star athlete. I was a captain at DBU for three years. And because I was someone who just did my best and poured into everyone. Why? Because it's by example and by doing things that were not seen. What I mean by that is that that is character. By doing the right thing when no one's watching. Are you able to do that? That's character right there. So um, that's the biggest thing I can encourage you guys with, being a good neighbor. Yeah. Being such a good neighbor. And that will open up doors to people asking you questions. So... Like, that's just the way it goes, but it takes time. It just takes a little bit of time sometimes. I like that. That's good. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good word. So one, one last question. Um, is there a favorite scripture? Some people say they have a life verse. Right. <laughs> or maybe is there one that God, you know, is just using in your life right now that you'd, that you'd share? Yeah. Yeah. So there's two verses that come to mind right now. And the first one that sustained me for a long time, and it's amazing because It's something I repeat over myself when I get up in the morning. I'm like, I don't feel like getting work done or I just want to Netflix and relax. But uh, uh, it's Philippians 1, 6, and it says that, and I'm confident of this. He who began a good work in your life will be faithful to the day of completion. Amen. And, And that's the whole, the word that hits me the most is faithful. And it's like, if he can be faithful with me and give me what I've been given and not just that, but love me so well and faithfully do that, then I can do the same. Like, um, and it's hard, but I can continue to run this race of life that I can run. And then the second verse that's been recently in the um, this season of my life right now is Jeremiah seventeen seven, And it says, blessed is the man uh, who trusts in the Lord, whose mm-hmm. trust is the Lord. And it just reminds me that, you know, faith is trusting God. But the thing is, faith, you know, trust is God. So it's like saying, Lord, let's do life together. Like, because you're leading me. Like, I have no idea that you're sovereign. You're um, infallible. Um, you are an amazing God and a good, good father. Lord, I don't know how to be a good father one day, but I'm just keeping my eyes on you because you're such a good father to me. That's good. I hope to be one one day. And not just be one, but do my best every day and be intentional in that. And allowing him to just invade my heart daily. Like that is that is the one of the hardest things. Even even like when you're by yourself, like but it's uh it's one reason why I journal, it's one reason why I read a lot. Um because I don't want it just to be head knowledge. I want it to be real. And yeah. It is, and it's so real. Like, because um, it's a relationship, not a religion, man. So, man, that's awesome. I, I, I'll tell you, the thought that's going through my mind right now is, you know, we started this podcast as a way to, to kind of share stories, of faith and sports of people that aren't going to get covered by mm-hmm. ESPN or SCA <laughs> National Magazine or whatever. You know, it's kind of these local stories. You know, with the intent of encouraging others. Right. But as is the case a lot of times, I can tell you today, I think I've been encouraged, and any <laughs> listener will be. So um, right. I do appreciate it. I'm just thankful that, you know, one of our mutual friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it's been good. I look forward to, to what God has in store and hopefully yeah. maybe doing a block party together soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. You bet. Um, I appreciate it, man. For sure.
First of all, thanks again to David for taking time of his busy schedule to join me today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from David and his story. I hope you got a glimpse of his passion, his passion for um, making Jesus known, his passion for discipling young men especially, and just his message of no matter what you do, your identity is not in sports, your identity is not in your business, your identity is not in your family, your identity is only found in Jesus Christ. So I hope you were encouraged by David's story, by David's message, and just his his passion for ministry and reaching the community. Um, so thanks again to David for joining me, and thank you for listening. Um, I, I, I hope and I pray that this episode encouraged you, that this podcast um, pointed you to Jesus. I also hope and pray that you'll take time to share this episode with family and friends. It's through your sharing that this platform of making Christ known through media gets bigger and bigger. And we thank you for that. And as always, we love to hear from you. Um, you can reach us through our Facebook page. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. You can send us a message there and also um, stay up to date on opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, to give. Also, I encourage you to visit our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, find out any and everything about our organization, upcoming events, how to pray for us, opportunities to serve and to give. And lastly, please leave us a review. The more reviews we get on this podcast, the greater the platform to continue spreading the love of Christ through media. Thank you.